Okay, we're finishing the Maimur Vaz Yashir Pasha's Pashalach today. Baruch Hashem. We have made great progress. Yesterday, we elaborated on the second half of the opening verse of the Az Yashir, which is Susfaroi Chavai Rama Vayam, that Hashem took the letters which represent the concealments and the contractions of his, himself in the worlds of Almonte Scalia, and he raised them up to the level of Si Rama Vayam. He raised them up to the level of the sea, to the level of Alma de Scalia. And we discussed that we connected this Pasuk with the Pasuk from Tehillim, which says, Loi, big verse, Asos Yechpatz, Veloi Veshoika Esh Yertzer, Reitzer Hashem Esireyov. Hashem doesn't want the level of horse, and he doesn't want the level of the rider. He doesn't want the level of thought and speech, which are just outward expressions of himself, limited expressions of himself. Hashem wants those who fear him, who fear him himself, and who love Hashem for the sake of loving Hashem, not because they need something or want something. And this is a level that only Yidin are able to reach. Before I go into this, I want to say, because I forgot, <laughs> that, to, that I wanted to speak two minutes about Tobishvat, because today is Tobishvat. And it's fun when you have a three-year-old, because then you get really excited about Tobishvat. Like the whole week, every morning, she's like, is it Tobishvat today? I'm like, for, you know, for us as adults, not usually like the day that we're so excited about, but she was just so excited that today is Tobishvat. Um, have you learned anything about Tobishvat? Will you we be learning? Oh, you did? Yeah. Like a, the Sephardi, like a Seder? Or well, not 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 like a Tubishvat Seder, but we did a bracha party and like included like all right. the shows and we did. That's great. Yeah. Okay, that's great. awesome. Yeah, Spartan do a whole Seder, like. I, My family yeah, did a whole also? Seder or is doing one today, but I'm not going. Oh. Um, but have you learned anything about Tubishvat? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I'll give you just a, a, a Hasidic insight. Did you learn it from like the halachic perspective, the significance, the? I don't really not, there's no halacha, but like, pardon? It was a combination. A combination. Yeah. Okay, great. Um, I'll just share with you one thought that of what we're celebrating today on a deeper level. We definitely did not talk about in any Hasidic. Okay, <laughs> okay. It, it's really just like a very very short verse. That Chassidus expounds on a lot when it comes to Bishvat, actually, but um, that we'll start off with just practically, okay? Most edible, most things that are eaten, okay? For example, smaller animals that are eaten by larger animals, all different types of plants, they have like protective mechanisms to keep things from actually eating them on them, right? So animals obviously have all different ways of either running away or fighting back against the thing that wants to eat it because everything is out there at the end of the day to survive. And then even when it comes to things like leaves, leaves are bitter, right? And they like give off all these energies, not energies, but like semi-toxins to, to keep things from avoiding eating them, although we know that they're still eaten by some species and not others. Um, and all different plants is actually people who have sensitivities to the plants let off i don't know what it's called maybe poly something pollen. not pollen oh. <laughs> polythether something i don't i don't know they let off a certain like substance very 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 subtle to uh, to to actually avoid being eaten and some people are very sensitive to that and then they're actually sensitive to plants 
like very, very rarely, but every plant kind of exudes this thing of like, kind of leave me alone in some, in some way, except for fruit. Fruit are the only form of food that like shows itself off and says, eat me, take me, like pick me, kill me basically. Because at the end of the day, every other plant and living organism doesn't want to die, right? It says, and, and we know that it being eaten is killing it in some way. But the fruits say, pick me, right? They like make themselves look as attractive as possible, as colorful, as bright, as, as luscious as possible. Um, and the reason for that is because the fruit actually, in order for the tree to survive it, and to propagate, it needs the fruits to be picked and to be eaten somewhere else so that the seeds will fall and that the fruit can then, the, the tree can grow in other places. But when it comes to chassidus, the reason why we have fruit, why did Hashem give us fruit? We don't need fruit to survive, that's for sure. As those who don't like fruit will know, they're doing perfectly fine. For pleasure. Hashem gave us fruit for pleasure. That's why. We have bread for, you know, sustenance for our survival and we have vegetables as well and all these things but when it comes to fruit they're a luxury right and we know today Baruch Hashem they're very accessible but in the olden days like the olden days even probably a hundred years ago someone would you know father would come home with like one orange right and the whole family would like get a tiny little piece of the orange it was so exciting um, we have fruit for pleasure and so the way Hasidus understands it and one of the thing that we're celebrating today is that we know that bread sustenance is compared to the revealed Tyra, which we need as Jewish people for our survival. We need to know how to do the mitzvahs. We need to be able to connect to God. We do that through the Tyra. And that is like the bread, right? And Tyra is very often, Tyra is compared to everything. But the revealed Tyra is very often compared to bread. But the, what we would call the concealed elements of Tyra, Hasidus, are compared to fruit. Because fruit we don't need it to survive, but it gives us pleasure and it, and it elevates us to a level that's higher than just plain mere survival. And as you can be, we know this, that you can be a perfectly good whole Jew and never have learned Pneumia Satyra ever, right? As for many generations, that was the case. Um, but the fact that Hashem has given us Pneumia Satyra, it's like the it's like the fruit. It's the fruit of the Tyra. It's the pleasure. It's the ability to get pleasure from our learning and it's the ability to be able to feel a true emotional connection with God, with love and fear. And that is the fruit that we're actually celebrating today on a Hasidic level. We're actually celebrating the fact that Hashem gave us the Pneumia Satyra and this ability for pleasure in Tyra and not just the basic survival of it. So that's just one, one thought that you can hold with you for today. Um, there's lots and lots of places you could take to Bishvat. The Rebbe never called it to Bishvat, actually. He called it the 15th of Shvat. Chamesh uh, Asar Bishvat, I think the Rebbe would, would call it. Um, and this is very much connected to the idea that if you notice, almost all of our holidays fall at the beginning or right in the middle of the month. Purim is the 14th, 15th. Pesach is the 15th. Tobishvat is the 15th. Um, Shavuos is, is the 6th. It's like the beginning of the month. And 
it's very much connected to the cycle of the moon because we know the Jewish people are compared to the moon, that the moon starts off at the beginning of the month as tiny and then it grows and the first half it's getting bigger and bigger and bigger until the 15th and then it starts to get smaller again. And so the first half of the month is considered a favorable time for the Jewish people where we're growing, we're not fading away, but we're actually expanding. Um, and I seem to remember hearing that that's one of the reasons the Rebbe emphasized that it's the 15th of Shvat. It's right when the moon is full and whole and the Mazal of the Jewish people is, is the biggest and the strongest. So anyway, just a few ideas um, to take with us into Tavishvat that um, that I got kind of excited about. So thought I would share. Wait, why the rabbi called the fifteenth So so I remember learning. I do remember the source for this because I don't know if the rabbi ever said this is the reason why I don't call it Tavishvat, <laughs> but that is connected to the idea of the emphasis that it's the middle of the month. The 15th, Tu Bishvat, what is Tu Bishvat? Tu, what is Tu? It's, so we're emphasizing when we say Chamesh Bishvat, the 15th of Shvat, that it's the 15th, it's the middle of the month when the moon is full, when the mazal of the Jewish people is whole. Um, unfortunately, I do not remember where I heard that, but, um, no, but it's it fits. Like, I, I love this, I love this Midrash that um, is from the, from the Mara on the Midrashter, that Haman, when he was doing the lottery, like before, before he was doing the lottery, on went to, like, how do you say it, inside the, the genocide, like the uh, elimination of, of the Jewish people. And the first lot, how do you say it, the first lot, is it? Lot, lottery, yeah. Right. The first lot, lot that he got was Shvat. Like, it's just definitely connected to just Shvat in general. And he decided not to take it. He decided to take another one. Why not Shvat? Because he knew that the mazel was was the Jewish, Jewish people. He would fail. That it was a good mazel in right. Shvat. Like, what happened that, in that Shvat? That he would fail to eliminate oh, the Jewish people or the mazel in No, nothing happened in Adar before Purim. <laughs> now it's a good muzzle uh, yeah, Why she was born, but he also died, right? That's a whole story. We'll get to that when we get to Purim. But he said, "Oh, it's perfect. Moshe died, but he was also born." Um, but I wonder what happened. What happened in Shvat? We don't have any holidays in Shvat. Well, we have Tubi Shvat. Right. No, but we don't have. I feel like everything. It's like the first month that everything starts to grow. Right. And like the Purim and everything, like you, you know what I mean, like and. This is just the month of rejuvenation. I feel like yeah, also I, I as, well as, as well as as well as as well as Nissan. Yeah, Nissan. A lot of a lot of good things right. happened right. in Nissan. But it's still like I I don't I don't like that's that's why I had a question when someone said, oh you should make like important decisions in Shvat. I was like, why? Oh, that's I interesting. Everything the sages say like the other way. Oh, that's interesting. I know Not that. Yeah, someone. I feel like someone. Heard, I heard yesterday. Maybe I. Misheard, like, oh, in other you should make all the I think of. I remember, I remember hearing about of. In yeah, tabos, you shouldn't. In, in tabos, like, mamash, and mamash, also of, no. that, like, yeah, you shouldn't yeah. go to court and things, but very interesting. Shvat is an interesting month. It's my mother's birthday and my husband's birthday and my brother-in-law's birthday, all, like, within the same two days of each other. It's, like, very funny. Um, it's the birthday month. Yes, sure. Chofpe Shvat is coming up. Yeah, Yod Shvat, of course, yes. Um, yes. Okay. So, yeah, I hope you have a meaningful Tobi Shvat. And we're in Eretz Yisrael, and we know that it's celebrating specifically the growth and the produce of specifically Eretz Yisrael. So it's special to be here, to be able to eat the fruit of Eretz Yisrael. Okay. So, we spoke about Susvarech Vayram and we did connect that to the splitting of the sea. 
that that is what Hashem did when he split the sea. He raised up the Yidden to a level that is beyond thought, Hashem's thought and Hashem's speech and Hashem as he expresses himself into the worlds, all the way up, as we're going to see, to the source of their neshama, where they're one with Hashem. And we said that this is symbolized, is that the word? by the fact that they were walking on the dry land in the sea at the same time, right? That they went on the dry land in the sea. That's literally the term that's used. That they remained in Amadis Galia, but they were raised up to a level of Amadis Galia, and they had an experience inside the sea, a spiritual experience, where they, will be able, where they were able to truly have a consciousness of the unity of Hashem and of the truth of Hashem. And we said that the Egyptians saw what was going on and they saw that on this tremendously high level there weren't really very many differences. There weren't differences down here because it's a level which we call it's a level where darkness is like light. That was on line here. 70, 76 or so. Oh. Um, where nothing holds any sort of importance before him, where darkness is like light, where Amadis Gassia and Amadis Galia are equal. And so the Gaim said, there is, there is on the one hand such a tremendous amount of like Shefa and revelation being experienced right now. And on the other hand, it's coming from such a high place that we too want to go and grab some of that experience. We want to get some of that light because there, was no, there were no differences here. This is not a level where Hashem gives reward and punishment, good and bad, sin and um, mitzvah. So they said, let's go. We want to grab that as well, right? We're going to grab our spoils. And so they chased the Yidden into the sea. And they, ch- they chased after the spiritual experience that the Jews were having. But they were not able to survive it. Because what was happening was that this experience was not being experienced necessarily only down here. They were being raised up to the level of sea. The Yidden were being schlepped up. And therefore, they were able to survive being in the sea and not, and not drown in it. But as we're going to see, the Goyim did not have this ladder, this connection that was able to raise them up and allow them to survive this experience. And we'll see that that is signified by the water standing on two pillars on each side, two walls. That's what we're going to read about today. And that is the reason why they did not survive and they fell. So it says, we, we read this yesterday that that we're on a level where God's eyes is looking over at the nations. But those who went in were not raised up. They were not able to be raised up. They were not able to be raised up forever. Why? Because the nations do not have his this ability to be elevated and to be raised up to be able to experience this consciousness. And therefore, rather what happened was by they were completely covered in the water. And they only went down from this. We were raised up, raised up to the level of sea and they actually were pushed down and they descended. From this level, why? Because Hashem is on a level that is higher than all of the nations. 
and they were not able to reach that level where Hashem is higher, as the Yidun were able to, this is the reason why they fell. Then we said, There is another place, I think, I'm trying to remember what the word was. It's really interesting. There's another place that says, But I have to remember what that word is, sorry. They went on the dry land, in the sea, at the same time. Because the water became for them as a wall. This is the difference now between their experience and the Egyptians. The water turned into a wall from the right and from the left. What does this represent spiritually? From the right or the left, perush. This means, because our sages said, we opened up the mimer with this idea and we're closing it with this idea. The world stands on three things. On Tyra, on service and on acts of kindness. Tyra is considered Hashem's right hand is chesed. Avaida, prayer is considered the left hand gvura. And the reason is that Tyra is in a way of peace. When we learn Tyra, it's in a peaceful way. It's not in a difficult way. When we pray, it's in a way of war. It's considered, it's called in the Zahar prayer, shas tzlaisa, shas kirva. It's a time of battle. It's a time of war. It's not an easy, seamless, smooth process when we pray. We are fighting with ourselves. So it's considered that it comes from the left hand of Hashem, from the side of judgment. So the right side of the wall of the sea represented the Tyra. And the left side represented the Avaida. is considered the middle way. And because the, the Yidden are connected to all three of these pillars that hold up the world, they were able to be raised up and to survive this experience. It's the right and the left. And the Jews came up in Hashem's thought. They originate in a place which is one with Him. And that is why we say about this, uh, we say, right? Every single time that we make a blessing, we say that Hashem has. Kiddushanu means he has sanctified us, means he has made us holy, but it also means he has separated us, right? Because kadosh means kadosh v'mavdil. Holy, but separate. He has separated us in his mitzvahs. He has raised us up because of the mitzvahs. Sha'ayadeya mitzvahs, that through the mitzvahs, he mis'alim v'kodesh elyon, they are raised up to a level called kodesh elyon. Kodesh elyon is the highest levels of God, which is the source of all of our neshamas. So they were raised up to their source, which is what we've been discussing at length, that we reach our source through song, that the only way we were able to ex- ex- survive this experience was through connecting to our essence, which is one with Hashem's essence, which transcends This place is the source of their soul. The Ruach, I see Ruach, the Amshich Ruach. Sorry, I don't know what that means. Ruach means spirit. Um, means I will draw down the spirit and therefore by the Jewish people when the sea split they had an experience of 
that whatever level they found themselves on, they were raised up to the level of C because the shirish of their neshama was revealed in that moment, which is represented by the C splitting and the right side and the left side, the Torah and the mitzvahs, which create a ladder between us down here from our perspective of Amadeus Galia, all the way to our source, which transcends both Amadeus Galia and Amadeus Gassia. Because our source was revealed in the sea, we were able to be sus All levels were raised up to the level of sea. We were able to have this experience of the oneness and the unity of Hashem, and we were able to survive it. They were raised up to the level of sea, but nevertheless, they walked on the dry land. They did not lose themselves and they did not lose their lives. This was not the case that those who were against God this is from Az Yashar, Al Yarumu. They were not raised up. They were pushed downwards into the depths of the sea because they did not have these pillars on each side of them, this ladder that connected them to their deepest source, which allowed them to have this experience. And so the guy, instead of having being raised up, which is what they wanted, which is why they ran into the sea in the first place, they were pushed down and they were covered with the waters because they did not have this, so to speak, ladder that was able to raise them up to survive it. The so, the, it's funny because, not funny, but it's interesting. Sus is, is referring to the Egyptians in a simple way that, they're, um, that they were raised up in the sea. They were tossed around, right? When we learn that depending on the, the level of the Egyptian and how much he had uh, sinned was how much he suffered in the sea. So some of them just immediately like sunk down like lead, but some of them were tossed around. Sus is the idea that they were kind of like being tossed around. But we're seeing it from a deeper level that they were raised up to the level of sea perspective of the of the Yidin here, but the but that the Egyptians were not able to be raised up, and that is the end of the Mimer. That's funny because like I like isn't the Yamsuf was mostly for Mitzrayim to actually for like both of them like for the ones who died and the ones who were not there, who didn't run up to the Yilin, and who would hear about the miracles that Hashem, like, that Hashem did for the Yilin, but also, like, it's, like, I, I've heard that, like, even this moment of Emuna, even this moment of, like, them recognizing the greatness of Hashem before they were drowned in the sea, was like worth the whole thing. Like it was, so, it was worth it. <laughs> from the perspective of what we're learning here, right. it's actually saying the opposite. The opposite. Yeah, that yeah. the experience of Kriyas Yamsuf was for the Yidin, right. not for the Egyptians. Right. Even though it says that so that they will know me. Because we said, wait, but they, they didn't survive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They didn't survive. And and the Egyptian the Egyptians as a whole, as as a as a spiritual superpower was destroyed in that moment, even though there were obviously Egyptians left back at home, right? Egypt fell in that moment, like final. So what do you mean it's for the Egyptians to know? They were no longer Egyptians as a concept. And so this is the whole message of this memory. Yeah. The experience of Kriyas Yamsa was not for the Egyptians. It was for the Yidden. And it's kind of the opposite of what we said. The Makkas, the plagues, were not for the Yidden. They were for the Egyptians, right? And we learned about the significance of why that was to break the clip of Egypt and that the, the Yidden don't need that same shaking up and those miracles. But the miracle of the splitting of the sea was not there to... Sh- okay, this is from this perspective. There are layers and there are those who say it was a miracle so everyone would know about Hashem. But the way we've experienced it, it's not there to show, wow, Hashem is so great that he could split a sea. It was to show the Yidden the truth of who they were, 
the truth of what they were capable of and the potential for their relationship with Hashem so that they can then go to Matan Taira and actually receive the Taira, which is a ladder. It's a connection directly between them and Hashem so they can have an intimate relationship with Him. They needed to first have this perspective of consciousness because if they showed up to Har Sinai with only a perspective of Almadiz Galia, with only the, the consciousness that was given to them and that was available to their soul, right, in all of the revealed worlds, they would always see themselves as separate from Hashem in some way. They would never be able to really experience that truth that, yes, you walk on this earth as a creature of Amadeus Galia, as a creature who sees separateness and division and does not see their source. If they would have come with that experience, they would have been stuck with that. And the whole point of Matan Taira was this binding contract with the Jews that said, we are one. And the way we become one is through the Torah and it's through the mitzvahs. And so the wall represented the Torah and the mitzvahs, which showed them how they were able to be raised up to the source of their neshama, which is one with Hashem. And they were able to see the truth of that, which was literally, there is nothing, right? We described this at length. What's the perspective of Amadeus Kassia? There is nothing other than Hashem and I don't exist. And when they were able to see that, they were able to really experience Matan Taira and see that actually we're one. Actually, me, me and Hashem are one. And the way that I'm able to reveal that oneness is through the Torah and the mitzvahs, which raises me up to, the, to this level of unity. And, and that's what we're, we're keeping up with till today, right? So, so that, is, that is the message of this Az Yashir. So I was thinking, there's a few things we do because we, we have 15 more minutes. This mimer was, I don't know if it was much longer than the other ones that we've done, maybe a little bit, but it goes, it jumps from like idea to idea quite a lot. So I was wondering, do you guys want to quickly literally do a summary from the beginning till the end so we can see the flow? Yeah. Yeah? Okay. Especially because I hope some of you might give this as a Dvartaira if you need, and then <laughs> we don't want to have a story with Sydney. She's like, oh, I have a mimer, and then you start, and then you're like, wait, but I don't remember what the rest was. <laughs> right? Which t- makes sense, because when you, when you start off one way, and then you end off like, you, maybe the beginning and the end will match up, but the whole middle is like, where did we go here? Okay, so let's, we're going we're gonna to do a summary from the beginning till the end, literally just hopping around and, and, and seeing the flow of it, now that we've done it. We start off with Az Yashir Maisha, Vinay Yisrael, and we asked the question of why did Hashem split the sea? Because we said, we know that the Yamsuf was not on the way to Eretz Yisrael. Hashem turned them around from their direct three-day land route to Israel. He turned them around. They got stuck in, the, in front of the sea. The Egyptians came. They entered the sea and exited the sea from the same side. So why did God split the sea? We said, maybe it's because that the Egyptians should know that I am God. And then we said, wait, but the Egyptians did not survive this experience, right? Every Egyptian who was there who witnessed it did not survive. And as we mentioned now, e- Egypt as a whole, as an empire, no longer, no longer um, existed, at least temporarily. They probably, I'm sure they built themselves up if we look at history. But um, in that moment, Egypt had lost its power. They lost their king. They lost their, their army. So we need to understand why did God split the sea. It was clearly not to get to the other side, and it was not for the Egyptians, and so then we brought the two verses of which we said is from the Gemara, that in every generation we have to see ourselves of have, as having left Egypt and from the 
davening, we say at the end of davening, so that you should remember leaving Egypt all of the days of your life. And then the Gemara adds there, not only should we remember as we left Egypt every day, but we should also remember Kriyas Yamsuf. And so what does that mean? How can we re-experience and relive Kriyas Yamsuf, the splitting of the sea every day? What can that possibly look like for us? Then we brought the verse from, from Perkavas, which we just ended off with, that the world stands on three things, on Tyra, on Avaida, and on Gemilas Chasadim. And we then went on to elaborate the Avaida part of what the world stands on. We said Avaida is the Karbanais, which are drawing from above to below because we would bring an animal and the fire from above would descend and consume the carbon, which represents drawing from, as we said, from Amadeus Kassia down into Amadeus Galia. This was the service of the Kohanim. We explained Amadeus Kassia, we explained Amadeus Galia, Amadeus Kassia is of Kol Amin, it's the transcendent um, aspect of Hashem's involvement in the world and Mamale Kol Amin is the in, invested, there's a better word, I keep doing this, internalized, um, unique individual investment that Hashem has in the world, right? And we said that, Sovav Kol Almim, Almadiz, Kasia, Havaya, these are synonymous. Mamale Kol Almim, Almadiz, Sigalia, and Eloikim are synonymous. And we said that when we're davening, we have the same experience as that was done in the Karbanais, our prayers were established in place of the Karbanais. When we say Baruch Atta in the davening, we are drawing from above to below. We are drawing from the consciousness of Alma Deskalia down into our consciousness down here of Alma Deskalia. And that is the spiritual significance of this pillar called Avaida. That the world stands on three things. One of them is Avaida. Avaida is drawing from above to below. And this was facilitated by the Kaihanim. And this we experience every time that we daven. Then we went into expound on what is Amadeus Gassia, what is Amadeus Galia, with the marshal of sea and dry land. In the sea, we have creatures who, when you look at the sea, you don't see a whole world. You see unity. One is you just see the water. That's the first thing. The second is that the creatures that live in the water are constantly one and connected to their source of life, to the water. And that's represented by Amadeus Kassia, perspective of total unity and oneness and dependence on their source, on Hashem. We have dry land, the creatures on dry land. You can see them independent, one from the other, separate, and they are above their source which is the land, they can be elevated, suspended above it. They're not consumed within it. That is the perspective of Amadeus Galia, where we see division, we see separateness, and we don't clearly see our source of life. We don't clearly see that that is Hashem. That we explain here. Then we went into the fact that even our neshama has this perspective of Amadeus Galia, because our neshama is made up of all different levels and all different types, and no one soul is the same as the other. And then we said, all of this is the level of the Kayan. It's called drawing from above to below, milamaila lamata. But we also need the, the Avaida of the Levim because this job of drawing from one consciousness into another is impossible. These are two opposite things. How are we supposed to draw down a consciousness of Amadiskasya into our world? The answer was through the Avaida of the Levim, which was from Lamata Lamaila, starting with my soul as it is down here and reaching the depth of the soul of my soul, which then raises me up. 
The whole Avaita that we expounded on, on the Avaita of the Levim, is what was going on in Kriyas Yamsuf. It was Milamata Lamaila. What happened? We started off from our experience and we went to the depth of it, to the depth of our soul, and that then raised us up to the level of sea. When we revealed that the essence of who we are is one with Hashem, it raised us up to the level of Amadis Kaslit, where we were able to experience this. So we said the Avaidah of the Levim is through song. Song touches the Nakuda of the heart, the deepest part of the soul where we're one with God, which is infinite. And through starting off down here with our soul as it is down here, reaching the deepest part, we're then able to be raised up to a higher level. And that was what the Levim did through song because song gets our soul excited in a way that intellect cannot reach. It, it excites it and it reveals the deepest parts of our neshama. And that, we went, then went back to the Az Yashir and we said, Az Yashir Maisheh Ovenei Yisrael, Es Ashir Azois Lashem, Ashira La Hashem, I will sing to Hashem, Ki Gai Ga, because Hashem is exalted beyond being exalted. Because what the Yidin experienced when the sea split was the truth of their, of their own soul and of Hashem, which was that it is beyond any sort of level, even the level which we call infinity, even the level that transcends the worlds, which is defined by the word Gaia, being exalted. Hashem is exalted beyond being exalted. He's higher not only than Amadeskalia, but also than Amadeskasia. And when you can be raised up to that place, you can actually have an experience of Amadeskasia and Amadeskalia at the same time. You can have an experience of walking on the dry land in the sea at the same time. Because the truth of who you are, the essence which transcends both, has become revealed. And then we said we can't compare God to his holiness. That even his holiness, the fact that he's separate, is not him and when we want to reach him, we do that through song. We said that this is, we see this in our prayers as well. In order to get to the Shmanas, right, the Baruch Atta of drawing from Amadiskasi into Amadiskalia, we need Psuke de Zimra. We need to sing the verses of Psuke de Zimra. We need to touch that depth of our heart, which will then allow us to draw from one world into the other. And then we expanded on Susvaraich Vayramabayam that Hashem raised up the horse and its rider to the level of sea, the level of ICIs, of definition, of letters, of thought and speech, where, which represent Hashem as he has limited himself in order to reveal himself in the world, just as we limit our subconscious into thoughts and speech in order to express ourselves outward into the world, that this was all raised up to the level of sea, to the level where everything is one and unified and the truth, which is that everything is Hashem, was revealed. And this is what happened when the sea spread as well. All of the levels of definition and limitation of Hashem were raised up to their source, which, to their truth, which is that everything was one. Every single Jew who experienced himself as separate, whose soul had all different parts and expressions, whose one soul was separate from the other, was raised up to a level where he saw that actually he is one with every other soul and that the whole world is one with each other and that it's, his life is completely dependent upon Hashem. And then we said, that, that somebody who reaches out to Hashem purely from the fact that he wants to be united with Hashem, that's what Hashem wants. He doesn't want us to be reaching out only to certain revealed elements and aspects of himself. He wants us to want him. So somebody who says, I only have Tyra, even Tyra he doesn't have. 
He says, I only have the spirit, I only have spirituality and the spiritual worlds. He doesn't even have the spiritual worlds because he has to connect with the source of all of that, with Hashem himself. And then we connected this to what we just spoke about today, that the sea splitting represents an experience of Amadis Gassia and Amadis Galia happening at the same time. The Yidin were raised up and they experienced a perspective of Amadis Gassia in the sea. They were able to do that because the source of their neshama was revealed, which allowed them to be raised up. And when the Egyptians tried to have that same experience because they were not able to be raised up to this level because they do not have the Torah and the mitzvahs, they did not have the right and left side, the Torah and the Avaida and the Gemilis Chasadim, they ended up having a Yerida and descending from this. L'chaim. Does that, was that clear? Yeah? Say so you got it? That's amazing. Thank you. <laughs> this is not the first time I learned the Mimer this year. Baruch so. <laughs> Hashem. Okay, I hope that we all now, is the, the, the homework, <laughs> let's put it this way, the next five minutes, you need to think about the fact that the Gemara does say that we have to experience Chris Yamsov every single day. So, this is not a once of experience that the Yidin had then. It's something that now we have the ability to experience. We have to think about what does that actually look like for myself? That's a bit of a harder question here. The hira'a, the, instru- the daily instruction here is a little bit, I think, a little bit harder. Like what, what does that mean? But at the end of the day, it really ends off with that this tapping into this ladder, right? This, this ability to be able to rise up to the deepest parts of who we are happens through Torah, and through mitzvahs, which is accessible and has been given to all of us from us and Torah. The Yidin needed a crazy experience of the splitting of the sea, which is supernatural, insane experience, because they hadn't yet gotten the Torah. But once we have gotten the Torah, we have that ability now to experience transcendence while staying down here and to really meditate and contemplate and look at the world from a place of unity and from acknowledging our source, because we have Torah and mitzvahs. When we learn Torah and mitzvahs, we raise ourselves up, we reach a point in our own hearts, which allows us to then live in this world as individual, independent people with lives, but at the same time to reach towards that which is way, way, way greater than ourselves. What that looks like for each of us, we have to think about what, how we can actually re-experience Kriyas Yamsuf every single day. So that is your, <laughs> that is your homework. And if anyone has questions or comments on any of this, now is the time. And if it's clear, then that's, that's good as well. Okay. Have a good Shabbos.